This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Well, my name is Youssef Watif. Um, born in Niagara Falls, New York. I've lived in about 15 different countries for a year or more each. Right now, I'm living in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where I've been for five or six years now. It went by in a flash. Uh, I'm a permanent resident here. Uh, soon I'll have my second passport here. I have a company that is an expat relocation services program where what I do with people who, you know, over the past three years, something that started out as something I did for friends became a business. And my expat relocation services is something that I help people with as far as the paperwork. I always tell people to add me on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is where my professional resume is. And for the people watching, if this is your first time watching, if he sent you, I'm also going to put my LinkedIn on the screen and you can see that. Uh, I tell people the important part is not just the resume part on top. That's fun. And my education, university, that's great. Uh, I tell people also, you know, it's as tempting as it is. Don't necessarily look at all the expat relocation services things that I do with visas and things like that. Scroll to the bottom, and this is something I tell people to do with every person they're doing business with. The great thing about LinkedIn is they have an area called recommendations, and these are where all my professional endorsements are. These are people who, under their company names, said Youssef Watif is who he claims to be. And I've got tons of them, people who I'm working with, have worked with in the past doing what I do, more than happy to tell you uh, who I am and that I'm everything that I can do. So I'll put that there. And I don't know how far you want me to go into it. I'm going to make sure I say hello to a lot of my regulars. Reigning woman always tells people to say hit the like button. I appreciate that because without people like, share, and subscribe, as much as you hear it all day, that's how this channel has grown so immensely. We've grown so so quickly. And so, and I don't know if it was quick or slow, but we've grown with a, a great tribe of people. This is how I'm able to bring you great people like Kellen. Um, <clears throat> I want to make sure that, oh, well, hey, Bortarji. <laughs> to Brother Sid Owsley with the 3Ds to Success. He has an amazing YouTube channel I hope everybody chats with. So let's do it this way. Kellen, what do you have to add? What do you, what do you want to ask me? Hit me with the hard ones. Well, here we go. Hey, it's Kellen. And as always, I love to gr get great stories. And so I have Youssef Watif, who I saw doing a live with a former guest, Brother Carl Pierre. He's just right down the street and around the corner here in South Florida. And we've had him on Diversify Game. And why I think Youssef, I mean, you just beat to your own drum. Um, I was a little um, envious of your, your mustache because my sideburns are the only thing that can grow like that but I, I can't get the yet the, the the full you know blown out um mustache so I, I let the hair grow and, and let my locks do its thing but this brother helps people with relocation services and he's lived in multiple countries links will be in the description for those of you who are listening and are watching but brother I want to know you know, I, I don't want to repeat anything that you said with Carl Pierre, and you said a lot. I want them to go check out that interview on your page or go to Carl's page. But I want to know with, you know, 
how did you take the courage to just leave? Did you leave a wife ever behind? Did you say, hey, my kids are grown? Because you're you're not that old. So I, I don't know if you would even be at the range to have grown kids. But like the courage to leave, how much money did you leave with? You know, and have you had to ever worry about running back to the U.S. for any reason? Well, let's do it this. Let's do it this way. As far as having the courage to leave, I, I don't necessarily know it. Well, I started traveling when I was young, um, going to different places. Uh, when I was in college, I'd go to different countries on summer vacation, or I'd go to school all through summer vacation, or I'd get the school to pay for me to go someplace else. In the beginning of my traveling career as a, as a young man, I saw leaving the United States as just this awesome privilege that I got. As I grew and I saw more of the world around me, I don't see living in the United States for capable Black Americans as something that you would even want to do. It's, it's, it's a toxic place. I say this all the time. No one owes anyone anything if you are a Black American. You don't owe them anything. Anything that you've gotten, if not been a privilege, I mean, anything you've gained from the United States is far less than you deserve. Leave. Maybe for me it was Brazil. Uh, for you, it may be another country. I've lived in a bunch of them. However, that that's the thing. I think it, it would take a lot more courage for me to stay in the United States. Okay. And when you left, um, were you? a lot of times we hear people say, well, I can't leave my mama behind or I can't leave, you know, my family. You know, how did you deal with that? Or, or do they come and visit you or do you maybe visit them once a year or, you know, whenever you well, feel I- necessary? I, I'm single. I've had great relationships with women. Um, single now, not married. I don't have any children. My father died some years ago. My mother, the thing about my mom is this. She's not leaving the United States. We've had a lot of uh, passionate discussions about it. I have tried everything from threats to bribery to let me buy you a house here to blah, blah, blah. And she is where she is. And I have to respect her years. You know, I hope that when I am as old as she is, People respect my decisions, whether or not they agree with them. So for me, you know, technology isn't what it was years ago. Now I can get on the phone and video with anyone anywhere in the world. So it's not as if uh, I never get to see or talk to people. There are people that I miss that I can talk to, but there are no things that I miss in the United States. Okay. And, you know, the food is so much. Can you talk about the food and, you know, the different places you've lived? Is, is it, it's, I, I've been to 18 countries. I have investment in um, and I have uh, land and homes in, in different different like African countries. Um, thank God to my um, who whom I married to and her not being, you know, tied here. Right. Um, what is it like food wise? Is it fresher? Because I tell people all the time the the pineapples in Africa are real pineapples. I don't know what they're selling here in America, but it's not sweet. So can you talk about the difference and even just the food? Culturally, Brazilians aren't into fast food as Americans are. Culturally, people eat more home-cooked food. So even if you say, hey, uh, I want to eat a hamburger and fries, more people are likely to say, I'll just go ahead and cook the hamburger and fries. Although the, 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 the culture of food here is something I get asked about quite a bit. And I can tell you that the food in Brazil 
they have a culture. Brazil is one of those countries where they have a, a meat-oriented culture, which I love. But it's meat than everything else. And they've done so many things, especially with beef. They love beef. They have such a great deal of, of, of just so many different options. One of the first things I take people to when my clients or my friends come to visit is a churrascaria. Now, churrasco literally translates into a, a, a place where you eat roasted meat on a stick. But now here's the trick. When you go in, I can let me show the people who can watch this. I'll show them on the screen. And you can see this, Kellen. <clears throat> you see that meat roasting on a stick there? That's not at a special place. That's at a restaurant right near my house where for the equivalent of four or five U.S. dollars, you get all the sides you want and as much as you want to eat. They just bring it to the table and just you just go for it. There's nothing better than coming back from a heavy weightlifting session, taking a nice warm shower, feeling that hunger build up, having a lot of fresh protein over a cup of rice and a cup of beans, a fresh glass of orange juice, freshly, well, whatever fruit you want they have, freshly squeezed lemon juice, whatever it is. There's, there's nothing better than that feeling. You know, when my friends and I go out to restaurants for more complicated dishes, and for the record, I haven't learned how to cook any Brazilian food because why would I do that when I live here? Uh, one of my favorite dishes I tell people is something called vaca atolado, atolada. It's um, served in a cauldron. If you ever come down with your family, I'll make sure to take you here and we can, we can eat some of this together if you can look at that on the screen. Looks lovely. Looks lovely. So what is that? Cow what? Um, what does beef, it translate to? Bones with mandioc and different Brazilian vegetables and spices. It's really good. It's really good. No, I, I, I trust you. I trust you. And let, let me know for the folks who are listening. I mean, Yusef is big into weightlifting, um, you know, Brazilian if not for. Huh? Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Brazilian, I'm gonna get into all that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I capture, you know, a lot of that. I, I even want to know, you know, since being in Brazil and jiu-jitsu starting the capoeira, have you, you know, do you find capoeira to be useful in, you know, real self-defense? Let me get your opinion on that. I don't train in capoeira, so I really can't answer that question. I train in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I can say uh, it definitely has things that can be applied to self-defense. I, I think like. As I as I rapidly approach maturity, one of the things I always say is that you know the first rule of learning how to fight is don't get into the fight. I, as an adult man, have never been in a situation where I've had to get physical with someone. I think the entire point of it is you know I don't lift weights for violence. I lift weights to look good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't put myself in situations where I or someone else can end up permanently hurt or dead. I've seen situations as a young man where ego, and when men when men go to violence, it's usually ego involved, um, where ego has put people into a situation that they don't know how to back out of. Definitely. And, um, you know, I love jujitsu. I actually, prior to COVID, my, my girls, they're um, 11 and, and 7, they were active three days a week jujitsu because it's the only self-defense where a, a smaller opponent can be on their back, someone in between their legs, and you can get them off and, you know, and hurt them seriously, which that's what every father's goal is to make sure, you know, the kids are protected. So with jujitsu, how long have you been doing it? 
Well, I'm a blue belt now, and I'm on what a lot of people would know that permanent blue belt journey because I traveled and left the country to come to, I went to China for a while, then came to Brazil. And the worst thing that happened to my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu training was moving to Brazil because there are so many other things I got into and so many other things that I did. And with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, you have to go to class. Whereas when you're an independent businessman, when you are an entrepreneur, time is often there are only 24 hours in a day and you have to balance things. So I was able to, you know, with a weightlifting gym, which is open all the time, I get my daily exercise in whenever I can. So at least once every other day, I'm lifting heavy weights for two hours. But I, that one day that might be at seven in the morning, one day that might be at one in the afternoon, wherever I can fit things in between clients. And, you know, being in Brazil, I, I've had I've been on my way to Brazil with a friend. I think it was for his 30th birthday um, over a decade ago. And, um, you know, you, he had the whole pamphlet of where he wanted to go. And here I'm thinking I'm going to go to the favelas and do some interviews with some artists because that's what I do. And we got jammed up. But a lot of folks go to Brazil and then they immediately will find a woman because and you know why. I mean, whenever you leave the country, black man from America, that's the easiest thing to do is find a woman. They want you. Right. You're considered rich. How have you stayed single? Because I believe it, it would probably be by choice where you've got other things you want to do. So how, how have you stayed single when women can literally throw themselves at you, you know, in certain places? Well, what I've learned is that it really doesn't matter if you are a man that let, let's back up for a minute. Let's take Brazil out of the equation and let's look at it through a macro lens. Let's look at the world. Let's say what I'm going to tell you is not something uh, me talking from something I saw on YouTube. This is the life I've lived. What I've learned is that if you are a man whose manhood is predicated on a few basic principles, like um, you don't have to be a world class athlete or bodybuilder. But if you exercise at least every other day, I don't care if it's running, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, boxing, something that gets your body in the condition lifting weights, you're in that top 10% of men and you don't have to really worry about where you are because women will come to you. You don't have to be a genius, but if you're one of those men, like for me, I was taught as a young man that part of my manhood has to mean constantly educating myself past university. I read at least one nonfiction book a month or I'm gonna take an online class. So sometimes I'm studying, maybe it's an economic theory I found interesting on Udemy or you know one of the online classes. Those things allow me to expand my brain to constantly learn so I can have more things to talk about. When you become one of those men, women aren't an issue. You don't have to chase women in any country, they'll come to you. Uh, if you're one of those men who is comfortable and secure in who he is, who can create things, who could say, I could be locked in a room and I'm so comfortable with who I am and my self-sufficiency that I don't care if it's writing or recording a YouTube video that no one is ever going to see. When you are a man who's comfortable with himself and in his own skin, you become one of those men that doesn't have to chase women, women chase him. That's not a Brazil thing and that's not an America thing. That's true in every country I've ever been to. And it's certainly not a black thing. A lot of people want to give themselves the excuse that I'm black or I am too short or I am too fat. Whatever is wrong, if you make it a point to fix it. And that's another thing, that, that brutal honesty I have to have with myself. When something is wrong in my life, be it physical or mental, I have to look it in the eye and say, what do I need to do to fix this? Does this mean calling on an outside expert? Does this mean doing something that has more to do with discipline? Um, discipline is the key to all things good for a man in life anyway. So for me, and I tell people this all the time. You know, people look at my my Instagram photos of me lifting weights and, and doing all kinds of crazy things around the world. I have to remind people um, the game didn't choose me. I chose the game. I was born a short, fat kid who got beat up a lot because I was a nerd and and wet the bed. I made the decision in life. 
to simply travel the world, bed beautiful young women and find my own financial security young. I retired at 37. It was a choice. The work was hard. Mm, okay. And so when you, when women approach you, and that's where I want to, you know, because they're coming after you, um, and, and, and it's in droves. I mean, I, I've told stories on, on my show where I could get off a plane, 15, 18, 20-hour flight. You get to the bar. You buy whatever you want to buy for your friends, and people will, like, grab onto you, you know, and you got to tell your friends, hey, get off of me. <laughs> like, he just, you know, let, let, let him be because he's here just to kind of enjoy himself. I, and and I, where, why I want to go here, because we hear so much about the well, let, me, let, me, let me do one quick thing, though, and I want to, because I think I have to really qualify a lot of things that I say. Mm-hmm. I don't drink, smoke, or do any drugs. So when I meet women, I'm not meeting women at a bar. For me, I, again, I did the hard work of learning to be conversational in the language. I will see a woman coming out of a supermarket with oranges and strike up a conversation about oranges. I will see the woman pouring me coffee downtown at the mall and talk to her and say, hey, when do you get off work? I don't need to have a special situation for it because I'm going to go after it. But it's not a matter of, you know, little things like that. And I always have to tell people I'm a square. But people have no real idea how many beautiful young women in the world are looking for a square. This guy who does nothing but lift weights. Talk about cryptocurrency and travel. He's not into being cool. He's not a tough guy. He, he, he's never been in trouble because the young, beautiful women now grew up in the world of watching squares get out and win. When I was a young man, when somebody left home, you only had to kind of guess who they were. And a lot of women were choosing the coolest guy they could. Now you got girls growing up on Instagram. They get 25. They're like, I want one of these guys. One of these guys is posting about cryptocurrency and traveling. That guy, that's the guy I want. But a lot of men don't know that. And so how do you stay single? Because right now there's somebody in that position and they're 21, right? Um, I'm older. So I've, I've lived my life. I've been married almost 19 years. Um, and I've known, no, I've been married almost 14 years. I've known my wife almost 19 years. We met in college. Uh, how does a young man at 21 who might have it all together say, you know what? I got 10 women, great picks, but I'm still going to stay single and keep maintain these relationships because a lot of men struggle with saying no. Well, one of the first things that I was taught that brought me a lot of success with women and it still pays dividends to this day. First, I'm honest. I'm not going to mislead a woman about who I am, what I want, what I plan on doing. Now, there is something, and I did a video on this. Women would much rather have part of an amazing man than all of an average one. Let me let me say that again. Women would much rather have part of an amazing man than all of an average one. So if you seek to be an amazing man, you can say, no, I, I don't really want to be in a closed relationship with you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, listen, this is who I am. You understand who I am, what I'm about. We have fun together. We do things. If that's not enough for you, I respect that. I'm never going to chase you. I'm never going to plead with you. I'm going to say, listen, the door is open if you ever want to come back. And if you don't, that's okay too. Because again, when you give yourself options, you're not in desperation mode. I think a lot of men who have a hard time saying no, think so little of themselves. They think, you know what? This one woman who might be amazing, this is the only woman that I'll ever have a chance to get. So I need to say yes to her now. No, no, that's just, that's just not the case. But it takes work to become one of those men. Definitely, definitely. Now, in doing business globally, another thing folks struggle with is 
where can I have my bank account? And you talk about crypto and what crypto used to be for the real squares and what it is now as, you know, let me invest and try to get rich um, rather than, you know, pay for things uh, that I want to pay for on the other side of the, the world. And maybe I can't using banks. How should folks who want to travel the globe deal with their banking, especially if they're an American citizen. And now America wants you to put that on, you know, your taxes and say, how much crypto do you have? Uh, that's easy. Pay your taxes. Let me say that okay. again for people who don't want to hear it. Pay your taxes. Let me be clear. Do not try to believe that you can get away with. Here's the thing. A lot of people can get away for a long time. I had a client, uh, a lot of people don't know, I retired from a financial career when I was 37. One of my clients worked for the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, and he told me something very interesting. He says, you know what, most people who cheat on their taxes aren't gonna get caught. I said, really? He said, that's why when we do catch you, we're going to ruin your life. He said, you ever wonder why the IRS is just known to be these hard nose, you know, just kick in your door, drag you to prison, make your children ashamed that they even have the same name as you. That's why when we catch you, it's over. So, and and so, here's, here's the thing too. He, mm -hmm. I apologize. One of the things he made it a point to tell me, he said, listen, one of the things that people don't really catch on to early is that if you're doing something dirty, we might catch you and we might not catch you that year. But when we catch you, we catch you retroactively. He said, when we catch you, we catch you in reverse. We're going to get you for that one. We're going to get you for everything. We're going to get you for other years. We're going to dig into your underwear. We're going to dig into your life. We're going to dig into your friends. See that video? Um, if anybody wants to catch that video, there it is. It's called Women Would Much Rather Have Part of an Amazing Man Than All of an Average Woman. And I put that on the screen. Yeah, no, that that that's that's real. I find it, you know, more and more in these YouTube streets. And like I told you, I'm a consultant and whatever other titles people give me um, for uh, influencers and whomever, you know, you see more and more people, young people, you know, 20s showing on their nano um, X wallet. Hey, I got 19, 20 million dollars worth of Bitcoin. And I always ask the people. Why would you show that to the public? Stupidity. <laughs> Young and dumb. Is that what we're going to charge it up to? Oh, my goodness. Listen. <sighs> the problem is this. We have a culture of people where everything that you do has to be public and online. Every time you use the bathroom, you've got to share it and add the right hashtags. Every time you do anything. And I, and I ask myself, do you ever stop and say, well, wait a second. If the wrong people find out that I have this, what's the worst that could happen? Because we know we live in a world where there are bad people in every country in the world. We know that. We understand that. Yet everybody thinks it can't happen to them. Yeah. It can't happen to me. I'm special. I'm special. You hear me? I am so cool that when I flash this online, and by the way, the person that's going to get them, the person that's going to set them up, it's going to be somebody they know. It's going to be somebody in their life. Always is. Always is. And 
and with with business, the the other thing of being able to travel to you know different countries, folks say, well, should I have a bank account anywhere? If you're if you're preaching and teaching crypto, should I have a bank account? Should I leave a bank account? Let's say you left China, should I leave a bank account wherever I go just in case? My answer is a little different because I kind of live like a cartoon or an action hero in case I need to pick up a passport or something. You know, I want to have seed everywhere as far as you know finances as long as it makes sense but what's your advice to someone who says look i'm going to spend 10 years in china then i'm going to go you know to kenya let's say and should they open up a bank account or is it trying to manage too much and should they just have it all in crypto no no i I don't believe that see here's the thing about cryptocurrency it's a currency. It is one of many, and it's part of a diversification. When I would teach my clients about mutual funds, I would tell them diversification is how you win. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. I don't care if that basket is called cash money or that basket is called a bank account or that basket is called cryptocurrency. You just don't. You balance it all out. You should never give up your American bank account. I teach my clients how to open other bank accounts in the United States, how to open PayPal accounts and PayPal debit cards and things like that. So they're always going to have a situation where you have more than one place to put your money and to withdraw your money. Okay. And and I want to make it very clear when he says clients, this is what he does for a living. Um, Youssef has really monetized his life. That's a hashtag and how I live my life, whatever you're doing. So if folks, you know, some folks might sing in the bathroom doing whatever, but you've monetized your life. When people come to you and say, look, teach me this, I want to relocate. Do you have a course or is it always a one-on-one kind of uh, fresh start? Every client needs something different. I don't have a course. Um, I may have one soon. And right now everything is one-on-one with my clients. Okay. Yeah, the 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 course, the 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 course. Um, if you've started on it, I could see you having not just one course, but it'd be like a funnel going down. You know, they take the red pill and and they can learn because what we have to understand is so many people have lack guidance, and they're getting their game and their information YouTube University. The teachers aren't teaching. When I was going to school, you know what I learned was what I learned outside of the classroom for the most part, you know, especially being maybe one of the only black kids in the class until I got to um, the college I wanted to go to, um, you know, HBCU, Grambling, shout out. But the, um, I I just trying to see how you, how you teach and, and, and are there any maybe books, you know, that you have or that you're working on for the people to kind of check out in the future on Amazon? No, 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 not yet. Not, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, not, not yet. Um, you're highly educated. I, I do and... have something, no, I do have something oh. along that line. I want to thank you, say thank you to uh, my friend BK from the Rockies who makes sure everybody reminds you I can get carried away talking. Like, share, mm-hmm. and subscribe. Uh, for those who are listening, my name is spelled Y U S E F W A T E E F. You can find me on all social media that way. And I have something on Patreon now. Patreon, for those who don't know, it's a pay site where you can create your own groups of people. You can present your own inf- information, you know. Uh, and I tell people Patreon, Patreon is more money and less fun. Why do I say that? 
Patreon is where I put and talk about a lot of business things. It is where we built a community of people who all talk about how to succeed in different business ventures. We share clients amongst each other. We, we share business resources with each other. Um, I've built a great community. I, I won't go through the self-masturbatory lesson of reading through all this. What I will do is put the link in the, uh, in the box here. And for anyone who is listening, you can put in Youssef Watif on Patreon and find me that way. And we built a great community there. And that's where some of the people who need one-on-one counseling find me as well for other reasons. Okay, and those links, you guys, I'll have for those who are listening, the links will be in the description box. I I just love to give this game because you've gotten off the um, American Bobby and you are, you know, you're showing that it can be done. You, you know, you don't have any horror stories, but you have, you know, you have some great successes, at least that I admire with all that. What is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan to do in the future? In the future, I'm planning on right now. One of my my main things is I am growing a, another community of people who we've been having a lot of fun. And I tell everybody, Black expats in Brazil have been something that we have been we have really, 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 really been growing. Um, black expats in Brazil. I'm going to put the Instagram there, and I'm going to show you guys a couple of things. This is a place that's really been, I've been focusing a lot of my attention. There we go. Black Expats in Brazil is literally Black Expats in Brazil sharing our journeys, uh, where we go, what we do. Look at that cute little girl. We're a family-oriented group. Uh, we get together for different things. Of course, we got together a lot before, uh, you know, before the, the, the COVID outbreak. But, you know, we go to a lot of community events. A good part of Black Expats in Brazil is us making sure that none of the people who come as Black Expats are alone. And also none of them live in the expat bubble, so to speak. You know how easy it is for people to get caught up in, I'm going to just order food and only be around people like me. No, no, no. You're going to come out with us. You're going to have some fun with us. You're going to see a few different things with us. No, that that's um that that's definitely a give back because you're dealing with so many different personalities with... um. With one of my clients, we took 30 people to Kenya and with with his audience and dealing with, you know, all these different personalities in the culture shock for Americans. A lot of them is it can be overwhelming, you know, and people have to get over their PTSD and all that. Um, what is something that you see that P- Americans have to let go before they leave the country so they don't, you know, spread that toxic whatever you know, what is it that they need to let go? One of the things they need to let go of is stop, stop believing mass media. Stop believing the same group of people who will tell them that you and I as black men have hobbies that include looting, pillaging, and raping white women. But you're going to trust them to tell you the truth about a country on the other side of the globe. That doesn't make any sense when you say it out loud, right? Mm-hmm. America has a lot invested in stopping the brain drain. By the way, I'm sharing the page for blackexpatsinbrazil.com as well in our mission statement. Uh, the thing is this. America has a vested interest in Americans never leaving America. Are you familiar with the concept of brain drain? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, well brain drain has been happening for white America for a well, For the people who don't know, let me, let me back up. I can't make any assumptions. Brain drain is when the best and brightest of any group or organization 
leave where they are to go someplace with better economic prospects. For example, if you're a physicist in Bangladesh, India, you don't want to stay in Bangladesh. You want to get a ticket to the United States, right? Well, if you are a Black American who has their life together, however you want to define that, your best life isn't in America. So the Black population for this past 10 years that it's become public, it's happened quietly for a while, have realized I don't have to stay here. I can go to anywhere on the continent of Africa. I can go anywhere in South America. I can go anywhere in Asia. And the trick to it is you're not treated like you're special. You're simply treated as if you're a human being and a man judged on the quality of the work that he does. Think about that. Think about how black Americans have to leave the country to be treated like a regular person. But everybody I'd known who has left the country, they it, they shed that. Whether they go to Mexico, whether they go to China, wherever they go, they feel like I was just a person. Really, you're just a crazy and American to most people. You know, the American is here. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's real. Do you see an exodus um, in the future, especially for Black people, where they say, you know what, I, I finally get it. Brothers like Youssef, brothers like Carl Pierre, brothers like myself and so Dinah Demir, so many have shown that life can be so much grander if you just get out. Um, do you see an exodus? And if so, um, I just want your Nostradamus uh, prediction. If so, I think we are going to cap out pretty soon because one of the things we have to realize, um, we're not all going to make it. Unfortunately, there are those among us who, A, will never have the skill or talent that they develop with their hands, be it manual labor or the education to leave the United States. Um, you know, there is a, a very much Stockholm syndrome that a lot of Black Americans have. You know, there is this thing where it might get better tomorrow or my personal favorite, it's not as bad as it used to be. And I'm going to absolutely butcher a Malcolm X phrase. He said it way better than I could. But he often talked about if a man stabbed you with a blade that was nine inches long and then pulled it out six inches, have you made any progress? <laughs> Should you be grateful? Not at all. I like, I love that quote. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, not, not at all. And, but it's, us, it's up to us to make that move. And but with that, we have, you know, tons of excuses. So people will say this. They'll say that. And one of the main things people say is show me how. And of course, a lot of them want you to show them for free. But there are uh, more and more people because I am I deal with investment overseas and they're micro investment. So with everybody's stimulus check, you know, they could um, invest into something. Right. Do you show people investments before they even come or is it something where they have to see it so they understand the process? I talk to people about smarter ways that they could be with their money and some ways they can save some money. And as far as giving specific advice on individual investments, that's a delicate practice. I don't do that professionally. Um, at a time I was paid to do it, but I take that level of responsibility. See, I do something that gets me into a lot of trouble with my clients. I give them books to read and I give them resources. And they say, can't you take this money and just put it where it needs to be? I'm like, I could, but I'm not, because that's not helping. Now, let me back up for a minute. I, I want to extend an invitation to you. Will you come and talk to us about these micro-investments on my private Patreon channel? I want to hear Definitely. more about I want to hear details. I want websites. I want hows, where's, where it goes, what you've done. Uh, I think that's something we'd like to hear about. 
If you want to do it, because um, I, I like the audience to get a taste and then I like them to go see and go deep. If you want to do it even uh, now, um, I can talk to you right now about some things that not in theory that are working. Of course, there are some things that, you know, they're fresh. And but I have some things that can make folks 32 percent on their money if they want to take that leap. And it's with people that I vouch for because I've, I've known them for so long and we've worked together and it's like, this works. And I document that on diversified games. So yeah, you let me know when, whether it's now or you say another day, we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll do that another day. We'll get, we'll go deep on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, cause that's, that's something that it's passion for me um, to, to be able to, to give that game. Cause you know what we, I, I'm sure you feel like this because of the way that you deliver messaging on your YouTube. You don't want to be the only one winning. You don't want someone to say, hey, you're special. You're the pink poodle. Another, you know, we'll take from a Malcolm X. You're that that person. You're that one who made it. In tech, when I would work for tech companies, it's like they always have that one in a department. I'm not special. I know what I know, but I know 10 other people, 100 other people who could do what I do. Um, they might not in business be able to put it together like I put it together. That's my gift of being able to, you know, direct traffic. But you you seem to be one of those people where you don't want to be the only one sitting at the top of, you know, the pyramid. There's enough. Listen, there's enough candy for everybody. You know, I don't know why so many people firmly believe that I'm the only one that can have this. It's I have made so many more friends and I've made a lot of money by sharing everything. I have connected people to each other that ordinarily wouldn't have been connected. I've been able to facilitate things that have helped other people. And in return, those people go back and say, how can I help you? How can I be your client? It, it works every time. I, I tell people I want to die empty. That doesn't mean I can work for free. But if I can give you some game, I don't mind having a conversation. I don't mind making an intro. That's not what we're selling. What I'm selling is full strategy and I'm going to hold your hand down the, you know, the long path in the hallway. But if we're not giving, then you're not getting. I mean, it just it's the circle of life and that's just how it is. So that's what I want my audience to take away from this and that this is a giver. Yusef can't say it because he's humble, but he's going for sainthood. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, and I want you guys to go check him out and like, share, subscribe. I know in um, the black YouTube circles, um, I'm going to be talking about him even more because I like the vibe that he gives. And I truly think um, we might be talking to a, a future billionaire. He'll never tell you. So we'll have to read about it after he's done. But he, that's how humble, you know, I hate people, Yusef, who say, I'm a philanthropist. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, uh, I retired at 25 and I retired my mother, but you see him working hard every day, you know, trying to get you to buy into something. But you are living your best life on $1,000 a month. Let me make sure I put that in. But I want you guys to also check out the interview he did with uh, Carl Pierre and how they broke it down. And I don't want to, like I say, it's hard to do this interview because they got so deep and he gives so much. So like, share, and subscribe. But for me, Yousef, that's it. For your audience, you let me know. Um, I'm like you. I can go on and on. But I just like to give them a taste so they can go then make their decision. Well, let's do this then. We will we'll leave them with the, the, the $1,000 a month link. We'll leave them with the invitation that you're going to come back, not just as a uh, 
not not just as someone here on the regular YouTube, but I also want you on my, my Patreon because that's something that I think you're going to be able to really, really, really help people with. So we'll do that. We will we will give them this link, this link, and I'm going to put it here in the. Let's see. He said Saint Yusuf Watif. Nah. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. That's not. That's not. That's not the game plan. But what the game plan is is, and by the way, when you talk about being a billionaire, I'll tell you one of the secrets I learned as a financial professional. It's not the amount of money you have. It's how much debt you have or don't have, and how you leverage the income that you have. So one of the things that I learned is that I could have, you know, I had the big house, four bedrooms, couple of cars, swimming pool, hot tub, and it was awesome. However, I also saw. People who are I have clients who are from the U.S. who want to do business. The, the machines took over for a second. Yeah. So what, what I was saying is that I have a situation where I learned, right? I learned that why keep working now when I can simply retire with enough money to, let's say I had this. I had a university education. I had two businesses that I was running. And I had, now here's the kicker, you ready? I had no debt at all. And a lot of people, and this is where in a lot of the travel groups that I'm in, uh, people, they, they kind of come after me because one of the other things that I learned as a financial professional is stay away from credit cards, stay away from personal credit. Everybody has this story about this card that they have. And by the way, I just put that on the screen, the uh, living on $1,000. Everybody has this magic card that they have that they do pay it off every month and it's giving them all these benefits. And then they want to contrast their story with someone who was born into millions who uses credit cards, giving them advice on credit cards. Well, I can tell you what it's like on the ground. People who have the money negotiate a lower price by being able to pay for it all at once. I don't care if you're talking about a house or a guy painting your house or the cost of a pizza. I, I, I know the thing that a lot of have-nots, and I don't say rich and poor because there's always some with more money or less money, but I say haves and have-nots, and, and I'll even qualify myself further. A have is someone who can say, I can take all my expenses, all my fun money, everything else that I do, add it all up, and I've got at least that six months in the bank, and I can save more than 10% of my income every month before taxes. That's a have. Most people aren't into that, right, when they say I can save and invest that. But what I learned is credit eventually will get you. The system is designed to be seductive. Some people it gets young, some people it gets later. But personal credit is a very specifically designed system to make you suffer later and to get you into a perpetual debt cycle. But I'm never the person that they want to hear saying that. Even though I lived it, even though I work with people who did it, even though I help families deal with it, even though I have a plethora of real world experience, eh, nobody wants to hear that because it's not fun. I see guys, remember earlier we were talking about flashing your money online and your I got crypto online. I know guys that flash when they get this platinum card or a black card for something. And I'm thinking that just means you're a sucker. That just means they got you for life. But what do I know? Right. Well, I think, you know, a lot because it's um, if you remember the movie, The Rounders. Do you remember that with Matt Damon? Um, and he was a card. Um, he hustled, but he was in college trying to be a lawyer. If if you don't remember the movie, one of his card mentors tried to tell him. Tell him what? Like a living. I couldn't wait. Wait. In, you, in the movie, the out. rounders. Hold on, you you blinked in and out for a second. Okay, I said, do you do you, do you remember the movie, the rounders? But I heard that part, but I didn't hear the description. Dang. 
Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.